the 200 Club of the Coastal Empire. It's one of those charitable organizations we all wish weren't necessary. The 200 Club exists to assist the families of fallen police officers and firefighters. Their tagline is, giving 100% to those who gave it all. The 200 Club's president, local hotelier Mark Dana, is our latest difference maker. You know their names. You know the organizations and businesses they lead. You might even know their faces, but do you know why they are Difference Makers? This is Difference Makers, a podcast dedicated to highlighting Savannah's key players and what they bring to our city, from leaders in the business community to those in the arts and cultural scene to philanthropy in government and in education. I'm Adam Van Bremer, editorial page editor of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Thank you for listening. Mark Dana and the other 367 members of the 200 Club of the Coastal Empire have been assisting the families of police officers and firefighters killed in the line of duty since the year 2000. The club covers 20 counties and has helped 71 families over the years. The 200 Club has several events coming up soon, and we here at the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com thought this the perfect time to talk to Mark about the 200 Club and the invaluable work it does in the Savannah community. Dana is with us now. Mark, as is the practice here on Difference Makers, we start with a bio. And I think the, the more interesting bio is going to be about the 200 Club. But from talking to you earlier, I get the there's definitely a, a stream of, of consciousness that has led you to be part of the 200 Club. So let's start with you a little bit. And you're a hotelier now. I am. But that's not where you started. Kind of talk about where you yeah, started. Yeah, it's, it's not... Uh Ever since I was a, uh, you know, I organized a thought in my brain, I think as a child, I wanted to be a police officer. I mean, it was just something that it's, it's in your blood. And so I um, really looked up to, to police officers, always searched them out when I was with my parents, if I saw one. Um, and so, um, you know, finished school and then had an opportunity to go on to the Pompano Beach Police Department down in South Florida where I grew up. And um uh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was everything that I thought and hoped it would be every, every day. It's something new. And, um, and so time goes by too quickly sometimes on your shift, but it was, it was a good time. It was an opportunity to help folks learn a lot and get engaged in the community in a way that I never thought I could. Um, and then I moved, uh, to North Carolina where I was with the Winston-Salem police department. And, um, and I think that, and coming around to the 200 Club, when I was with the Winston-Salem Police Department, I was trained by uh, a gentleman by the name of Bobby Bean, and um, he was a he was a tremendous guy. He was a, a 20-year veteran on the department, and um, he was doing a warrant service and uh, on an entry team, and uh, lost his life uh, uh, instantly on a very very dark day. And um, so the impact of that, obviously, um, uh, one can imagine. And what I never understood at the time uh, was really the the depth and the the amount of true need to respond and be with family members. And um, it wasn't too long after that that my lieutenant, who I was close to, um, 
was killed. He was uh, actually we were planning his retirement party. We had a, actually joked about it one one evening, and um, and so he was getting re- to retire um, in the next couple of weeks, and uh, he lost his life uh, in an automobile um, incident. And so um, it really, really then had a had a, a more profound impact um, because they were pretty pretty close together. And so um, I was a young, a young officer. Nothing ever could happen to me. You know how that is. You're, you're just, you're resilient. Yeah. yeah, sure. You know, you're uh, going into buildings. You're, you're doing what all first responders do, um, uh, selflessly uh, to protecting um, innocence from evil. And and so I was heavily involved in a street level narcotic interdiction unit and was very good at it. And I really enjoyed that part of my job and just recently married. And, and, uh, so there was a decision made by one member of the family Mm -hmm. to, um, to, to go ahead and and move back to Florida because that wasn't going to be our, our lifestyle, which if anybody ever wants to, to, to focus on law enforcement and the sacrifice that members of our law enforcement and fire services and EMS, any first responder makes, they also need to equally look at the sacrifices that the families make um, each and every day, particularly in this environment. Uh, when a police officer, a firefighter, or an EMS worker goes out, kisses their loved one goodbye, um, that loved one is at home really dealing with what if. Yeah, what if? And um, and that's always in their mind every day. And so, um, um, our my heart goes out and my admiration goes out uh, almost equally, if not equally, to the to the family members. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting point because your wife obviously didn't want to have to deal with someone in your position as the leader of a two hundred club because you were killed in action and that led you away from law enforcement but eventually circled you back so how how did you get involved in the 200 club here okay let me go back to the the 200 club and and why it's why it was formed and, sure. and, and that kind of brings it back around to to my involvement um in 1999 up in massachusetts there was a young uh, police officer by the name of christopher argentinas he was married and had two children he was on a unit kind of like what I was on, um, a street-level narcotics interdiction unit. And um, they were doing a warrant service, and it ended up being a foot chase. And um, during the course of that uh, apprehension, um, he was killed in the line of duty. Now, Christopher had a father, um, has a father, um, and uh, his name is Tac Argentinas. A lot of folks in the community, those listening to this, uh, know who Tac Argentinus is. He was um, he's a, he is a very successful businessman, and um, he uh, was approached by the 100 Club of Massachusetts. He didn't know what it was. He didn't know what they wanted, but they came to him and they said, "This is what we do. Why we do it? We're here to provide financial assistance to you in honor of the sacrifice that Christopher made to his community." And so he said, um, you know, I appreciate all that, but, you know, I'm, uh, I've been blessed. I've done well with my life uh, professionally. Use that for some, some other family because there's, there's others that need it more than I do. And which is just 
kind of how he is. He's mm-hmm. always putting others in front of himself. And so they refused that and said, no, this this is not an option. This is what we do, and, and we're going to do it for you, uh, for Christopher's family. So that he then began to understand what the 200 Club was and what they did and what their mission statement was. Well, Tack moved his company to uh, Midway here, and, um, uh, and so it's a very successful company. And he wanted then to bring in Christopher's honor primarily. Just happened now. We're, we're going to 2001 mm-hmm. uh, to form the 200 Club of the Coastal Empire, which was uh, originally in existence. Um, uh, Curtis Lewis uh, had it was one of the the founding members of that, but it didn't get. You know, a lot of these organizations start and they start with the with all the right reasons, but then. Uh, for for whatever reason, I don't have I don't have the, the information to, know, to understand com- completely what happened in this case, but but it kind of it kind of um, mel- you know, went went down a little bit as far as exposure and, mm-hmm. and, and opportunity and and so uh, tax saw the opportunity to revitalize that and got some community uh, leaders together and and formed the two hundred club of the coastal empire in two thousand and one and it was in May of two thousand and one. Um, where Bullock County uh, Sergeant Wilbur Berry. So so soon after this organization began, uh, Sergeant Wilbur Berry was responding to a a burglary in progress of a residence. He and three other deputies responded to that house. Um, they located the individual in a bathroom, um, hiding, and uh, an attempt to effect an arrest. Him, uh, the bad guy got a gun out of one of the deputy's holsters and opened fire on uh, Sergeant Barry. So that was the first response that the 200 Club had. In in keeping in mind, uh, for those that don't know, we we cover 20 counties mm-hmm. uh, from the Florida Georgia border, and we go up into South Carolina with Buford and Jasper counties. So Bullock County is in our coverage area. We have about 9,000 members, men and women in uniform, first responders that, that are in our coverage area. And so they knew right away the need not only to, to raise awareness and to build this organization, but they knew it very quickly because of that, of that loss. And so fast forward to, to about going on seven years ago, I was approached by TAC Argentinas and, and asked to uh, be one of their, help out with one of their fundraisers. It was a, a movie premiere. And so I helped out being in the hotel business. I was able to provide some resources. And, and so, um, we began to become acquaintances and then friends. And then he realized that, um, that, uh, you know, based on my background and, and my, my experiences that this would be a good fit because there needs to be a succession in an or any organization. Sure. And so, um, he had, he talked to me about, um, taking over as president of the organization. Of course, for me, it was, <laughs> these are very big shoes to fill. I mean, Tack Argentinas is a very special individual. Mm-hmm. I always call him my sensei. I always will. And um, so I always call him for advice. And he's a, a tremendous resource and, and said, look, I'll be there, but you got to run this thing. And so two two kind of stars lined up in uh, allowing me to, to be able to do this one is the is what's in my heart, mm-hmm. um, what I experienced, and and my understanding of what it is to be a first responder, and the other was 
the fact that I'm extremely blessed um, and I work for and with uh, a partnership that also supports the organization. And so we have the resources to operate the organization, all of its business. And, um, and we're very, very blessed to be able to do so at no cost to the organization. And that's one of our pure tenants, I believe, is that um, the money we receive from, from any donation that we get goes directly to the families. Right. So we don't we want to make sure that there, it's an all-volunteer organization. There's no expenses related to it because there's nothing more important to us to ensure that our families are taken care of, not only immediately, but forever. Let's talk a little bit about statistics. How many how many people are actually in the two hundred club? What is your what is your membership base? Uh, we're a little over four hundred right now, but yeah. if you look at twenty counties, um, that's that's pretty light. the The need for us to really reach out to to all the counties and and establish ambassadors within those counties is something that's important to us. Uh, that can do not only one maybe one fundraiser a year, but also uh, a membership drive and. And, you know, memberships do bring – there's a financial component to membership that's that's nice, but that's not the main reason why we do memberships. We want membership, members to be connected to the organization in any way so that they can talk about it. Sure. The more, the more uh, uh, individuals out there and all the communities that are talking about it, the more folks that are really – uh, blown away by the fact that this organization exists and um, there are believe it or not some chiefs within uh, the counties that we serve or command staff that still don't know exactly what we do mm-hmm. and so that's that's a goal of ours to ensure that they all know and we've responded to wayne county glenn county ware county um, uh, long county bullock Beaufort, uh, three times in Beaufort, uh, all in the same town. But, uh, you know, we're, we've responded in a lot, unfortunately, in a lot of like Bryan County mm-hmm. and um, Effingham, McIntosh. We, we need to be in a financial position that we can always be there for the families because not only do we provide f- immediate financial relief, but I think the most important thing that we do, absolutely the most important thing that we do, is provide to provide the college education that's room and board books tuition everything uh, for the surviving family members um and we've had many family members graduate and i go back to 2004 when melvin collins was killed in the line of duty down in brunswick he was just two weeks on a job and and responded to a a um, robbery at a convenience store and he left behind a beautiful wonderful family his wife felicia and his daughters alicia and arnell well, Alicia was young, but she was she was in high school. But she graduated and ended up because of the of the generosity of our members and our supporters was able to go to college um, uh, and get a nursing degree. Well, Mom saw that and said, "Wow, that's a great profession. That's noble. I want to do the same thing." So she then went to college. Arnell, who was only four years old at the time, she she's grown up and and graduated and and she's now has started her own fashion company um these are these are situations that that without our supporters those who are passionate about the organization may have had a different path that's right and so when i talk to recruits and i you know i'll talk to you and 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 your audience about it is that when you have a first responder who's lying there bleeding and and they're they're coming to grips with the fact that they may lose their life at any moment. I, I we can all imagine what they're thinking about. 
but thinking about their family. Thinking about the, the future. Yeah. Who's going to take future. care of my kids? Yeah, not their future. Others' right. future. What's going to happen to my wife and my kids? Um, and so we always want the best for our family. We always work. So that's why we that's why we work so hard is to take care of our family mm-hmm. and our community. And so this generous organization does that. Mm-hmm. We're committed to do it. We'll always be there for the family members. We're always in touch with them. Mm-hmm. And, and we won't stop. I don't know how much you want to disclose, but how many have you helped and how much have you, uh, dollar-wise, have you dispersed over over the years? Well, I don't mind you asking. Um, as far as line-of-duty deaths, um, we're at 23 now. 23, since 2001. So, correct. Yeah. Um, however, we've responded um, a lot more because we've, uh, several years back, the board of directors made the decision to go ahead and expand it to critical injuries and off-duty deaths with one-time contributions. Okay. Um, it's about a $250,000 commitment and a line-of-duty death if you factor in the college. Yeah. Um, wow. For three or four family members. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and again, that's room and board books. We provide computers. I mean, we're anything they need to be successful to, to graduate college, we're there for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, of course, immediate uh, debt relief uh, at the beginning and um during uh for mother's day we we send a dozen roses during the holidays we provide family meals for for both holidays and so that's our our always keeping in touch with them now we're blessed that a lot of the family members reach out to us too um and do so on a pretty regular basis and for instance felicia collins she still communicates with us on a regular basis and and um so um, to date, we're uh, we're just approaching or at three million dollars in the monies that we provided since since two thousand and one. Yeah, and that's all raised. That's all raised privately. That's all it fundraisers and, and donations and the generosity of others. It is, and um, and and so you know, last year we had three line of duty deaths, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know we had a fire captain uh mo mcduffie we had um anthony christie here at the savannah police department and um uh, we had uh police chief frank mcclellan out of lewisie so those are three in a pretty close time period um and just here locally right you've got five recipients that are currently in college is that correct yes yes yeah they're and they're throughout the country too they're not just like you know when um stuart hardy who is a firefighter um in beaufort county barton uh burton excuse me um fire department he lost his life and i remember when we met with uh, nicole hardy his wife she worked for the the sheriff's office over there and so we began to develop a relationship and i said um you know what are what are your next steps you know after this initial initial meeting with them um then we begin the conversations a little a little bit more about what they're going to do for the future and she goes you know what i always wanted to be a school teacher but i mm-hmm. i couldn't we couldn't afford for me to quit work and and i so i said this is this is your opportunity to do that so now she's teaching and she's got three beautiful daughters and and she's a school teacher over there so um so those are those are nice stories that um out of a tragedy you always hope to hear can you take us through the process i imagine that when you hear about a death and 
it's it's time for you and, and the organization to step up and reach out and make contact with the family what I, I can just imagine just how how hard it is but once you begin the process what do you find what do you learn what is what is the approach uh, from the first time you meet those family members a lot of times when we respond um, the family members don't know who we are and so the command staff will let them know that the 200 clubs can want to meet with you we meet in in private and we don't you know do any type of press release or any type of it's not an immediate a media event right. um, we don't want anybody to know what we give right. in, in terms of dollar amounts right and so we'll sit down with them and the, the first thing that you notice is just the the level of shock you know there's the shock is still there and, and i would imagine they're probably hearing every other word i'm saying right and um at the most at the most and so we take it slow the first meeting is an introduction and um and letting them know who we are and we don't get too deep into the conversation because we want to ease into it um there's nothing that i can say that's going to make them feel any better at that first meeting Mm -hmm. and so all we can do is let them know that not only us in the room but they're fellow men and women who work with them in the in the community is is behind them and praying for them and and we'll always be there for them and um and then we schedule meetings beyond that and um you know in these first meetings and i recall um small children in the room that just you know they're not understanding what's going on obviously and so you just it breaks your heart it really does and it's an emotional it's an emotional meeting and um you're meeting in a house in one case where and i won't i won't get into names or anything but there's a spouse that's in in the house and she's just looking around and and finally she speaks out and she says look this is this house that we're sitting in, my husband and I just built. Mm-hmm. I mean, since we moved here, we wanted to have a house for our kids. And now this house, we finally finished it. In fact, she said two weeks ago, we just did the the, the final walkthrough with the contractor. Yeah. And so we're just, we're giddy every day. Can you believe this is our house? Mm-hmm. And now he's gone. Yeah. Now what do I do? You know, I can't even be in this house anymore. So it's a... It's a very emotional, uh, as anyone could imagine. And so all we can do is, at whatever pace uh, the surviving family wants to go, be there for them, and then begin the process of meeting with them and talking about the financial situation. Because we want to make sure that the weight of any debt or debtors or, or, or anybody who's bothering them or calling them goes away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they can focus on the healing process. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be bogged down with folks who don't care about their loss. Unfortunately, it's right. the world that we live in. Um, and so we're we're there, and then we begin we begin that process of meeting with them. And um, in some cases, I'll bring my wife with me. Um, and and so they've she's developed a relationship with two of the surviving. Um, Spouses and they are in communication on a regular basis because there was a quicker connection between those two than than it was for me. Whatever whatever resources we have as an organization, we're willing to use um, to make a connection so we can open the dialogue. Because what we don't want to happen is we don't want 
them to shut down because two things happen. Either you shut down and you don't want to talk about it and you don't want to deal with it, your emotions, and you let them build up. And at some point, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or we get them to talk and you talk about it and you talk about it and you talk about it. And uh, the more you talk about it, um, the better you are able to cope with it. And and then always be able to reach out and talk when you're having a, a difficult moment. Yeah. And I imagine in some cases you're doing some counseling, whether it's financial counseling, helping them kind of get their ducks in a row and sure and other kinds of counseling. Sure. Right? Yeah. And in some of these rural counties um, we responded to uh, where, you know, first responders, if you ask a firefighter or a police officer or, you know, they're, nobody ever does it for the money. I mean, it's just it's just we everybody knows that i mean it's a passion that you have and uh it's it's a line of work that you have in your blood primarily and um and there's a lot of sense of going to go out there and making a difference i mean it's all you want to do is you want to learn something new and you want to make a difference and, and most importantly you want to go home and um so my training officer always told me he goes there's three things and this is not in the order of priority well i guess it would be with the least to the to the most is um you're not going to get wet <laughs> this is a joke uh, you're going to eat but most importantly you're going to go home and we're going to make sure that that happens every single day and so a lot of these rural counties they don't um they're not paid well at all and they're in their they're poorer counties and and god bless the men and women who still step up and not only working in law enforcement at a st- substantially lower rate of pay but you have fire services in these counties volunteering their time. Yeah, I mean, if you look at fire services across the country, I don't know the stats, but I would I would guesstimate that there are as many, if not more, folks doing it on a volunteer basis. I mean, you look at these firefighters that are jumping out of airplanes fighting these forest fires in California. A lot of those were volunteering their time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a tremendous risk and, um, sleeping on the ground, um, getting little sleep and digging ditches all day, trying to do, make, create fire breaks. I mean, it's, it's, um, running into buildings when everybody else is getting the heck out. And, um, we saw that in, on September 11th. And so, um, it's, um, it's a situation that we want to make sure that collectively as much as we can we we develop that communication and then we get the family members together as oftentimes as we can so they begin relationships and begin that healing process yeah and i I imagine that a lot of families become a support network for families that come after them right you kind of yeah kind of build a little bit of a community around it yeah and that goes back to what i said um a couple minutes ago is, is me not being able to to provide them with a whole lot of comfort you know um I can try all I want, but it's it's not resonating. But to talk to someone else who is who's going through the same tragedy and to talk about well, what are you doing, you know, and comparing notes and developing that's what we hope they do is develop a relationship, keeping communication with each other, um, and begin be, begin to build some type of a relationship. So we'll invite them to, you know, the the. Uh, savannah mile event we have a memory walk during that which will bring all the family members in um so we're averaging between 46 and 52 family members which is a it's a pretty good turnout and they're coming from atlanta to to um uh, to glenn county mm-hmm. and um 
and then Bullock and or excuse me, um, well Bullock too, but also uh, Beaufort and Jasper counties. We get representation from there, and also the Valor Award ceremony. We invite all of our family members there. So, so as as much as we can get them together, we'll we'll get them together to kind of unite at least um, uh, twice a year. Difference Makers is brought to you by Nutrition with B-Ray, a local meal prep delivery service. Nutrition with B-Ray makes healthy eating easy by preparing meals with locally sourced ingredients and delivering them right to your doorstep. Our meals simplify portion control and are labeled with caloric and macronutrient counts. Learn more or try Nutrition with B-Ray today by visiting nutritionwithbray.com, sending an email to fitnesswithbray at gmail.com, or by calling 828-539-1842. That's nutritionwithbray.com is the website. You can email her at fitnesswithbray at gmail.com or call her at 828-539-1842. That's nutritionwithbray. I know another piece of this is is you guys do some programs and you've got one that you're either about to launch or have launched called the um, the Below 100 program. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, this is this program has been around for for years, and the principle of the Below 100 is based on the fact that it's been now 76 years since our nation has lost less than 100 police officers, law enforcement officers, I should say, in the line of duty. Uh, last year was no exception. That's a staggering stat. And so, um, and this year we're already at a tremendously, tremendously difficult pace. It's Mm -hmm. terrible. Um, Mainly by gunfire. It used to be uh, the majority of those killed in line of duty and first responders, mainly law enforcement and EMS, was automobile. Traffic, yeah. Yeah. Um, But in recent years, that's now change to where it's been gunfire that's an alarming uh bit of information and um and so what the below 100 is it's it's a commitment by those who are trainers and those who travel the country training local trainees and those who travel to the country training is is to provide as much sophisticated and advanced uh, an updated training as possible to as many people as possible to ensure that those men and women are equipped with the knowledge to go out and do their job, but do so more prepared mentally. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a lot of mental mistakes. You know, if you if you took a lot of these deaths by gunfire and then you backed up the incident and broke it down, of course there could be some things that were handled differently. Um, but human nature is human nature, and you want to go in and you want to affect the arrest. You want to you want to approach an individual and find out what they're up to, um, and then um, unfortunately, there's there's a tremendous amount of evil out there that's that's intent on on firing upon our our men and women in uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Chatham County Sheriff's Office um, with Sheriff Wilcher and uh, Gary Taylor have led the charge and advocating for this training alongside the 200 club because i mentioned gary taylor's name because he is a certified below 100 teacher Mm -hmm. and instructor and so on the 26th of february we're having a symposium 
all day free to the to the um, participant and I think that's important that I say that because a lot of these we want all the as many rural counties and communities uh, members of law enforcement to attend this and we don't want the reason to not attend be the department can't afford that training it's an expensive training but it's being sponsored so the hope in doing all this is that we don't we don't respond i mean that's that's the goal right is that we don't we don't have to respond to law enforcement uh related deaths and so this getting to below 100 is the ultimate goal yeah funding that program and funding the help for the families of course it involves some events and i know you've got uh, you got a couple coming up correct in in one in February, or and then actually two in February. One coming up just just this weekend, right? With the, the Boston butt sale. Yes, we do. Um, we have always have a need to to raise funds to make sure that we have a necessary funding to respond to our family members. Everybody who's listening, I'm sure, remembers uh, in Charleston, South Carolina, when the nine firefighters were killed tragically in that warehouse fire, all, all at the same time. And so if something like that, God forbid, was to happen in one of the 20 counties that we serve, that would deplete our financial resources. So we're always looking to make sure that we are in a position to always respond every time, forever. And um, so fundraising is obviously a component to that. Now, back to the the Chatham County Sheriff's Office, they've graciously provided, not only provided all of the product, but also are preparing the Boston butts. So here's an opportunity. And uh, there are a lot of folks out there that are going to roll their eyes when I say this, but, um, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, if you want the very best Boston, butt you ever had guaranteed <laughs> your money back, uh, this is your opportunity to get it. Um, and cause I know there's a lot of, uh, weekend warriors out there that know how to, how to prepare a good Boston, That's but, right. but I'm talking tell- to one. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> these, these are the best I've tried it. I'm speaking on, on experience. So, so why not for $25, uh, feed your party and support the, the 200 club ball. And again, the, the proceeds, uh, based on the, the amount of, um, generosity that we received will all go to the, um, to the families in this one there won't be any cost for the product so that's nice how do you order uh 200club.org all spelled out www.200club.org uh there you can click on there to order and uh there'll be pick up two pickup days at the sheriff's office um those they're going to set up everything out there so you just once you order we'll have it all ready for you it'll still be hot you can either get it whole or if you want it chopped up they'll do that for you and um and you just pick up either a tray or a bag with the the Boston butt in it and and head home and prepare for your party. Right. Simple as that. And the other event is the Valor Awards. The right? Valor Awards. Now the Valor 28th. Yeah, February 28th at 6 p.m. at the uh, at the Morris Center. Um, you know, this organization is always focused on our core mission and that is responding to the families who lose their loved ones in the line of duty. Uh, we established another need to also celebrate the actions of those same individuals um, and so we created the valor award ceremony and we will recognize it's typically one member of law enforcement one member of fire services and um they it's it's a for those of you who have not attended i encourage 
I encourage you to attend because um, it's a really, really nicely done event. And it's it's the facilities provided to us at no cost. The food is provided to us. It's um, heavy hors d'oeuvres. It's included in the in the um, uh, the admission fee of only twenty five dollars, and you get to go there and eat well and and um, socialize and have a couple beverages of whatever your choice is, and then see in this case two tremendously heroic uh, citations of two individuals who risked their lives. Uh, to rescue and um, they're incredible and we're going to we're getting ready to do a press release to announce the names of those uh, of the recipients and so um, it's 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 just a, a really good celebratory evening to to really show the community to show those two individuals that we really um, honor uh, their commitment and their sacrifice uh, to their community and those tickets are available at 200 club 200 club.org as well mm-hmm. okay I want to close here and just kind of reemphasize the whole idea of of long term that the 200 Club is providing over the long haul. I think you said earlier, now and forever. I'm sure that uh, a lot of these officers, uh, part of their compensation is is life insurance and some other things, but that usually comes pretty quickly. What do you do down the road? And uh, as you have spoken to families that have unfortunately been with you for a dozen years or more how much does that continue now and forever theme really uh, uh resonate and support that family well I, th- I guess the best way to answer that is the amount of of communication we receive from those family members from the barry family to the collins family um to the Carruthers family to the you know christie family to, it, it's just the hardy family that they're, they're Nielsen, they're just—they're always communicating with us, and and always they always call us up and say, "How can we volunteer to help?" and and, and all of that. So it shows you based on the dates in which those family members lost their loved ones, and to where we are today, that that commitment is alive, and um, and they're grateful, and they let us know um, not that we need that affirmation. That's not what we do it for. But it's nice to know that um, that we are uh, fulfilling our mission statement and um, and providing opportunities for the families to carry on in honor of of the men and women who gave their life. That's all that they would hope for, uh, and and all that they could possibly wish is that their family's taken care of. And we're we're committed as an organization to ensure that happens and will always happen. I would encourage all listeners to go to 200club.org to learn more, and whether it's to attend one of these events or, or pick up a Boston Bud or join an organization or, or write a check or however, just learn all you can about them and, and please support them because these these people are the heroes of our community and, and too often they are unsung. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a sad fact, but it is a fact that a lot of times we don't know who these people are until they – until they pass away and, and they end up on the news on the newspaper so let's be a little bit more proactive as a community and, and really look out and support these people thank you for uh, joining us Mark. thank you thank you for listening to the difference makers podcast a production of the savannah morning news and savannahnow.com we post a new episode every other friday and it's available on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts we also publish a daily news and opinion podcast called the afternoon commute search for the commute with that savannah opinion and subscribe to our podcast today